Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour! Today on the Power Hour, extra episode 76, Ranger Command interview, Frank Gogol, Edge of Darkness, recorded on June 24th, 2021. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to Ranger Up with your host, I'm Eric, also known as b 47 This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Chris P., Steve F., Ethan S., AJW, Eric D., Jacob P., Steve M., Tyler B., Tyler D., Tyler W., Jason O., Liz M., Craig M., Mason M., Hassan A., Bo H., Raheem Y., Leland D., Josh P., Derek G., and Teresa B. for supporting us this month. Today, we are interviewing Frank Gogol, best known in Ranger Nation as the writer for Boom Studios' Power Rangers Unlimited, Edge of Darkness. His other comic works include Dead End Kids, Grief, No Heroin, and Dead End Kids, The Suburban Job, all from SourcePoint Press. At the time of this episode's release, Edge of Darkness is available now. So welcome to Ranger Command Power Hour, Frank. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm a fan of the show. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, great to have you on. I know we've been talking for a bit for this release. So how pumped are you that this is finally out? It's it's a real mixed bag of feelings, if I'm being honest. Like I'm I'm obviously very excited. I, I'm always excited when I have a book coming out. I wanna I make these things so that they can go out into the world so people can read them. But there's there's a there's a level of pressure on this that there isn't on my creator own books. You know, this is a Mm -hmm. beloved property, a beloved property, one that I love a a, a tremendous amount. Um, but also one with the character in question for this, this specific issue, the, the Phantom Ranger, it's a lot of fan theories. There's, there's a lot of, uh, 24 years worth of people building up things (laughs) in their head. So I, I, when I first got the job, I told Daphna Plebin, the editor, I was like, this is, this is Power Rangers game of Thrones. Like there's no way you're going to make everyone happy (laughs) with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's something I uh, wanted to ask. But, you know, before we get into all of that, just to introduce our listeners um, to you and get to know you a little bit more. What What is your history with Power Rangers? Um, what was your like kind of like first contact with the franchise? I very vividly remember watching the premiere episode in August of 1993. So I was a day one fan. Nice. I probably watched the show a little bit too long when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, de- the demo is like four to eight, four to 11, depending on you know which season you're looking at. And I probably watched it until I was 12 or 13. So yeah, I, it's just, I, I had a, a really good background as a kid uh, with parents who both love sci-fi and, and superhero stuff. So like I, it was nice. very much part of my household um, and, and it was encouraged in my house that uh, I, I, I'd be into this. And, and so that was, that was cool. Um, as I got a little bit older, I, I think I, I fell off some. Uh, then when I got to college and I, would have all this these hours between classes and days with nothing, you know, with no classes. I, I would pick up some of the DVDs at the library uh, and, and catch up on past seasons kind of sporadically. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then when the Boom Comics started up in 2016, I checked them out and I, I loved them. And that kind of inspired me to go back and watch everything that I hadn't seen, handful of seasons and a lot of the newer stuff. And then since then, I've rewatched all of it at least one more time. Um, and then some of it, you know, even more recently again and to, to get ready to, to write this book. Nice. So, so, so I'm a fan. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you can't see because we're recording audio, but behind me, I have every Zeo Megazord and all the Lightning Collection figures on a shelf uh, displayed with some of my own comics. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I've got my own uh, nerd wall and I've got all the Lightning Collection and, and all of that. So, yeah, I'm a day one fan, too, ever since I was 11 when it came out. But, yeah, I mean, I probably watched it through in space and then kind of fell off from there. But I wanted to let our listeners know that there's going to be spoilers. <laughs> We're going to talk about the whole issue. It's out. This is releasing on release day. So just be warned. I wanted to ask because this ties in so heavily with what's going on in the comics right now. Like this literally picks up right after, like immediately after Power Rangers issue eight. So what was the planning on this type? Like how, how long have you been working on this? What was the timeline? Uh, roughly, I, I got the job offered to me back in November. Uh, I got an email from Daphna who I'd been in contact with over the last couple of years. I, I've, I've spoken with her at cons. Yeah, I, was, I knew I was on her radar. Mm-hmm. And then the email, the email kind of came out of nowhere because I was just like, you know, no, not everybody gets the right power and just so why would I, but I got the email um, and it, it was a very cool opportunity. Uh, they said, we're going to do a Phantom Ranger book. Do you want to write it? And I was, and I, you know, very calmly was like, yes, of course. And on the inside, <laughs> I was, was, was doing, doing backflips. Um, so I started writing it probably about the middle of November and I mm-hmm. finished the first draft probably by, I want to say the second week of December, definitely before for Christmas. Yeah. Um, I, I write pretty quickly at least first drafts. And then it's a lot of kind of tweaking and massaging the story after that. So Mm -hmm. I I remember that first part was pretty quick. Um, But truth be told, I was making edits on stuff right up until like two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually when I got the, I I must've got like the freshest PDF. (laughs) Yeah. So I got the same PDF you did the same day. And I can tell you that uh, it came out on like a Monday or a Tuesday, that Friday, that Friday I turned in edits. Oh, wow. So there's, there might be a little things that are tweaked that I haven't even seen yet from the final. That should be the final. I know that uh, Simone Simone and Igor and Ed have tirelessly worked over the weekends throughout this whole process. And just, yeah, they they were, they're awesome. They're wonderful. They're, they're the hardest working people on this book and they make me look super good. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you about that as well, because Simone Rigazzone, who he's done, Drank a New Dawn and the previous Unlimited Air to Darkness. So there's kind of like a visual continuity with these kind of extra Power Ranger books that are going on. Uh, what was it like working with the whole team, the the art team? It, it was awesome. Like, I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Uh, <laughs> I I've been a fan of Simone since before New Dawn. Um, mm-hmm. Just the, the comic world isn't very big, and and people tend to know each other or know of each other and um italy has just such like a, a great crop of artists and colorists um, yeah. and and i and i love so much of all their work so I, I definitely knew who he was um and then you know new dawn came out uh and i was able to read air to darkness really really early um mm-hmm. and see the art see the art as it was coming along um so just 
uh, watching him grow from one book to the next, even between Air to Darkness and Edge of Darkness was was awesome. I love that. Um, I have a couple of repeat collaborators from some of my creator own book, and it's kind of you you love watching your friends level up. Um, so that that was awesome. Simone is so talented. Um, some of the pages I wrote and what he did with them, it's so different. And I hope one day we'll be able to put the, the script out there for people to really see like how much he put onto the page. Like some of the pages weren't double page spreads and he made them double page spreads, which just looks great. Igor's colors are fantastic. Like, yeah, I, mean, I was blown away by them and they're so different from what he did in air to darkness. Like the air mm-hmm. to darkness has, has almost like a colored pencil kind of texture to it. And then this, right. this is more, more like vivid sci-fi, a lot of lens flares. Like, I mean, it's, it's a gorgeous book. And then Ed's letters, obviously Ed's a pro. He, he does all the power oh, yeah. books and, and doesn't get nearly enough credit. No, he, he doesn't. I mean, he's, Pretty much, he, I mean, he's done like every Power Rangers comic <laughs> for for Boom. He's done literally every single one. But yeah, speaking about the the sci-fi element, that really plays into this story heavily. Not only from uh, the writing, but also the the visuals of all of it. Just like these epic landscapes and and backdrops, and um, you're right, the colors also make it really pop. So what kind of sci-fi influences did did you have like growing up or maybe some of the things that might've influenced uh, this story? One of the influences, which was completely unintentional, but is totally undeniable. uh, That's more recent is the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. And now that you, now that you've heard, I'm sure you, you you can see it immediately, right? Oh, sure. (laughs) This, this, this loner running around with this kid. Right. Um, and, And we recognized that early on in the pitch process. And I was like, Sure. As long as as long as we don't purposefully lean into it, like it's fine. In terms of other things, uh, Daphne is a huge Star Trek fan. I I assume you are based on your, your yeah. username. Yeah, um, I am. I am not. Um, mm-hmm. And it's I think Star Trek's good. Everything I've ever seen of it has been fine. It's just one of those things that's so iconic and so riffed on that right. I've purposefully stayed away from it. So that way it wouldn't infect my writing. Mm-hmm. So that way I can just do something hopefully a little original every once in a while. Um, but Daphna as an editor was, was integral to creating the story and, and, and the, the visual language of, of the art and, and the technology and like the kind of like, you know, pseudoscience of, of some of the stuff with the grid uh, mythology that we developed. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm sure Star Trek was, was in there. Obviously you can't like not make a comparison between the, the, the morphing grid and and the force right um, right like, so, so the star wars too um but honestly like i really did my for a book that doesn't have a single traditional mm-hmm. power ranger in it i wanted it to feel like a power rangers book um so that was the biggest influence just i wanted it to feel like it belonged to the other ones because you know l had a, at least a power ranger team show up in the first couple of pages of her book right we've got a little kid her mother who showed up in like three issues of another book that doesn't look like a power ranger and, and phantom ranger who is one of the greatest most mysterious characters but definitely not one of the most recognizable outside of the core fan base so like mm-hmm. it's just making sure that the morphin grid was almost a character in a weird way and like really really driving home like how terrifying and, and scary like the, the tangas can be um so yeah, th- th- there are a lot of influences. I'm sure there's some I'm not even thinking of. Somebody's going to tell me, you know, oh yeah, Inspector Gadget. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. no. laughs> Someday. You mentioned Elle, who did the previous Power Rangers Unlimited, and uh, we were fortunate enough to interview her as well. Um, and she's also uh, a huge Power Rangers fan. 
Uh, did you have to like go back to some of those episodes with the Phantom Ranger? Like how, how much homework did you have to do to prep for this? So I got the email and I had a, a Zoom call or a Google Meets call scheduled with Daphne to talk about the opportunity. And, and we talked. And I was like, yeah, I want to do it. Um, and then we had a, a second call for, for story planning. Uh, and between those two calls, I went back and I watched all seven episodes that Phantom Ranger appears in in Turbo and then the three episodes he appears in in, in Space, mm-hmm. um, which honestly, it wasn't a whole lot of help. He is wildly underdeveloped uh, yeah. and doesn't doesn't say a lot. Um, and, I mean, and, and it's it's kind of by design, right? Like they wanted right. him to be mysterious. And then when it came time to, to do the reveal, like they just cut it for time. So it was helpful to kind of like, just get a sense of how he, he moved and the kind of action mm-hmm. he would, would be involved with. Um, we were able to kind of, you know, play with the the predator aspects of his, his invisible camouflage a little bit in the issue. Um, and, and kind of also like, grow out his, his kind of arsenal and, and his, his abilities and, but yeah, I, I that, that I did that homework. I went back um, before I even had the first call with Daphna. I went back and I read every single issue of the comics just wow. to make sure. Yeah, it honestly it was quicker than you think. I've read them a few times each, so I was able to kind of breeze through a lot of it. Sure. Um, but uh, just to make sure that you know I, I was aware of all of his his previous appearances and make sure that I had my my ducks in a row for continuity. But mm-hmm. it turns out that the only Phantom Ranger that's ever shown up was the Coinless Universe version. So like it, it didn't even help. <laughs> right. And and that that was uh, one thing. I, he showed up like super briefly in in Shattered Grid, and it was like he had like one line in the whole thing. It, and it, it was it was a, it was a, it was a, joke. a joke. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Magnet offender looks over to him. He's like, so you're a helmet on kind of guy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It was great. Well, this, this does reach back into one of the really deep issues, uh, all the way back from go, go power Rangers, like 18 and 19. And literally the, the first start of the flashback, uh, it's the same dialogue it's just one page, but it's the same dialogue as, as the opening scene from go, go power Rangers 19. So it's amazing how much that connects to something that was like two or three years ago at this point, what was the basis to get young Rita and lady Fianna involved in the story? Yeah, that is one question that I have been asked a few times now. And I don't, I just don't recollect how it all came together. Like Daph and I had a three hour call to do the first pass at like pitching the story. And, and it was just so much back and forth and, and so many versions and like kind of distilling Phantom Ranger down. Like essentially I came in, I was like, look, Phantom Ranger is a blank slate. Like there, yeah. If you take if you take all the fan theory off the table, like he he does exactly two things in this show over ten episodes. He delivers the the tower Megazord and Turbo that I can't all remember right. the name of the Delta something Mega ship in 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 space, right? He delivers Megazords, right? That's the two things he does besides get his <laughs> kicked and loses Ruby in one episode, and has like a little flirting with Cassie. Uh, so like, I, I was like if we boil this guy down to to what he does he's he's a courier right like he delivers things so like and that's that was like the nugget of the idea that he would would eventually grow to him being couriering rita and fianna Mm -hmm. but like outside of that it's it's all super hazy because it was seven (laughs) months ago and sure we've been 
changing it ever since. Just diving into the story a little bit. Uh, so when Phantom Ranger arrives at Hartunia, that's literally from Power Rangers number eight. And he kind of flashbacks to 10,000 years ago. And again, you know, we didn't know anything about Phantom Ranger and just the fact that he's essentially been working for Zordon in some form or another for over 10,000 years. That's, it's pretty mind blowing. Yeah. I, you know, it's like I said, he, this was a blank slate character. I know all of the fan theories. I like a lot of them, honestly, but yeah. For for what Boom is trying to do with the comics, uh, which I won't I won't speak to. Um, sure. I don't want to speak for them. I don't want to spoil anything. But what they're trying to do is be forward thinking. Like I'll, I'll leave it at that. And and I was like, all right, how do we reintroduce Phantom Ranger in an awesome way, uh, but also set him up for years and years and years of stories? The one thing that I don't like about any of the uh, the fan theories is that like once you get the reveal of who he is, once he takes off the helmet he stops being he stops being important and and a lot of like all right so all right so in the issue we're spoiling things we don't reveal who he is we hint at it right we start we start painting the picture because like i said i want to set him up for more stories not not just answer the question not make him interesting anymore um i will spoil because it's not really a spoiler if you think about that it is not billy um obviously it's not billy because it was ten (laughs) thousand years ago Um, but also also, when he shows up in the Coinless universe, he fights alongside Billy, right? So if right. the universes aren't that different and this character's 10,000 years old, yeah, we know it's not Billy. But one of the reasons I don't like the idea that it's Billy is because we know Billy's backstory, right? You take off that helmet and it's Billy under there, and then we there's no story to explore before that. Exactly. I wanted to give I wanted to give Phantom Ranger a really long runway before mm-hmm. Turbo. Just so that way whoever comes after me, if they decide to do more Phantom Ranger stuff. They, they have the opportunity to go fill in some of those nooks and crannies, just like I was able to do with young Rita and Fianna, for, you know, picking up Ryan's breadcrumbs. Yeah. And n- not only picking up the breadcrumbs, but also expanding the lore, because in this issue, we find out that Fianna's husband, well, obviously we knew it was Master Vile from the show, but we're actually introduced to him before he was fully corrupted and he was a scientist or or kind of this explorer of of magic and and the grid like they said in the issue so that's eldon can you talk a little bit about eldon and master vile and and that connection yeah uh so yeah we we knew that fiona was gonna be dead at the end of this i mean fiona was kind of dead at the end of gogo 19 Mm -hmm. but we we kind of like snuck in the cracks and found a way to to tell a little more story with her by by rewriting those opening pages of gogo 19 Mm -hmm. uh or 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 adding context to them rather um so i wanted to kind of explore the relationship like i anyone who's read my other books, especially dead and kids knows that like, I, I like to write intimate stories, like not, yeah, not sexy, but like, you know, like th- that are smaller in scale that have to do with characters and their relationships yeah. to one another. Um, and that was something I was really interested in exploring with the the little family there. Right. We, I knew that master vile was going to be kind of the big bad at the end of it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just thought up this idea and fell in love with this idea that Rita was so young and Fiona didn't want her 
break her little heart so much that Rita didn't know that Master Vile and her father were two different people. And that was kind of like mm. one of the big moments at the end of the book, right? Like she has that moment where, you know, he realizes that she's corrupted and, and then he changes back and she puts two and two together. And it's just like, that for me is the moment Rita be- started becoming evil. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, it's a really like, it's like a heartbreaking moment in the book because you know, the way I, I was thinking of this is like, you know, this, this is the point in the timeline where things could totally split. Like if she was safe, you know, none of the Empress of evil Rita Repulsa would have, would have even happened. So, I mean, this is like, you know, one of those crucial points in the Power Rangers universe. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that they let me write this. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Like, like I, I reread it a day or two ago and I was like, mm. I cannot believe that I, I've never done a work for hire book before. I have mm. a handful of creator owned books that have been really well received, have been critical and financial successes. Like, I'm not surprised they, they thought of me for the job, so to speak, right. but that they, they let me do so much. Like, like I, no one told me no, almost ever which is wild to me. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously I didn't go in (laughs) swinging for the fences on everything, but like, I mean, but that speaks to to boom. Like they're, they're, they're really enthusiastic about this property. They want to do well. Um, I know that not everybody always thinks everything's a home run or, you know, not everything lines up perfectly Mm -hmm. with continuity and like, you know, I get that. Uh, But like the, the people making these books are, truly passionate about telling good stories with these these characters um and that they let me go in and tell a story like i would tell a story and like let my fingerprints be on there like that 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 was just so gratifying yeah absolutely and i just think you know in addition to you know all the the character backstory and the lore that's been added um there's a, a major piece um a major set piece in this issue with uh, the Master Forge, and, and we learned that these stations are kind of built in these like Morphin Grid sensitive areas, and um, it's they're built by the Morphin Masters, which actually kind of became a big deal in this latest season of Power Rangers with Dino Fury, and um, we still don't know what their role will be in the future of of that show. But what I appreciate about this comic in particular is that how much we're starting to like connect the dots and like bring in pieces from the movies or the show or other comics. And I I think that's a pretty amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have like all this, the behind the scenes knowledge, like it, it is siloed to a degree. Like I sure. know what I was working on. I had some access to what other people were doing. I don't know what plans you know, for six months or a year from now are, but um, like as a fan who reads the books, it does feel like since Hasbro took over from Saban, mm-hmm. there's been, there's just been a, a level of freedom that maybe wasn't there before. I, I, I don't know. Sure, um, sure. I, and, and I can and I didn't write anything for them under, you know, Saban's ownership. So, um, yeah. and, and that's, and that's when Shattered Grid happened. So like there, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I think that there's just enough information happening right now. And, and yeah. that, that like it, it's starting to, to pile on itself. Like when you have a shared universe, like the Marvel universe, you know, as time goes on, things start to get more interconnected because more people are, are connecting those dots. And now I think power Rangers, I think 
they're coming up on a hundred issues published or over a hundred issues published, maybe across all the series over Mm -hmm. five years, that was just bound to happen. Um, And then add to that, I am an extremely OCD about stuff. I, I like, I love explaining things. I love lining things up. Um, I have several documents with uh, like a unified theory of how the morphers work and like, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's bananas. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I think it's really, really an exciting time to be a fan. Um, I think that if people just have open minds and, and let the stories play out rather than mm-hmm. reacting to one piece or another, they are in for something really grand. Like I do know what's going on in Mighty Morphin oh, sure. and Power Rangers. Like um, at this point, everyone's hopefully read issue eight and saw that um, Zardis is the one who brought back the Imperial. And I've known since November, how, how that all comes together and, mm-hmm. and like what, what the long-term goals are for the books. Um, and it, it really is, is cool. One of the things I hate most is, is going on line on the Twitter on, on Ranger board on, yeah. on a Wednesday and seeing people react to one piece of the story. Like it's like, right. right. Like, we'll just, I don't even know how to, how to like, what a, apt comparison this is like you order a lasagna but you pull out like just the sauce and the whole thing <laughs> based I, I i don't know i, I yeah I, I get what you mean with that for sure yeah man i i wish people would like see the bigger picture like you're talking about because an an issue like this can pull something all the way back from gogo power rangers like 19 and like continue that story like this is literally what happens right after that flashback and that issue and for me that was like you know seeing that one page and like oh my god it's it's the same dialogue from the opening of that one and now it's just a continuation but it explores so much of the phantom ranger and i I think that's pretty cool but yeah i feel like sometimes i'm i'm like trying to defend it by like but guys, if you like take into context, everything, you know, it's, it's building up and, you know, even some of the stuff, like obviously because dark specter, that's the big tease towards the end is that dark specter is back. And it's like, well, we know he comes back into the universe somehow because he's there and in space. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's part of it is, is just, you know, lighting things up. So uh, I, I'm very fond of the Zordon era. Like those, mm-hmm. those first six seasons. Zio's my favorite. Turbo's probably my least favorite, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm rethinking that these days. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, because the comics are able to dig into those nooks and crannies, like like in, uh, what is it? Power Rangers or no, it was um, Go-Go 30, maybe, uh, that we see Tommy go through the trials at the Tower of Light. Yeah. And, like in the show, we just show him show up in a beam of light after he disappears for a little bit. Like I, I think that that's the the strength of the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, that or one of the two strengths. One, it can go in and fill those gaps, um, and in a big way, like Edge of Darkness. Um, the other thing is it can do things that the the show never could because of of budget or because the show was over, right? Mm-hmm. Like 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 Soul of the Dragon, you know, is something that will never happen on screen probably, but it gives you a little bit of SPD story. It gives you a little bit yep. of Tommy story. You get a little more cat story in, in there. Um, and like, I think that the comics are great for filling in holes and expanding things. Like I don't, mm-hmm. my big goal going into Edge of Darkness was to be additive, right? 
every single page on there adds something either it's a line of dialogue it's an explanation of how the grid works it's an interaction between two characters we've never seen interacting before um the creation of probably the best power rangers villain the 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 tango priest oh my Uh, god that was (laughs) and then he like bites into like some egg or whatever that is and just like juices up to take on uh, the Phantom Ranger. That that was another great moment. Yeah, yeah. Like I, so this this issue is really two issues, right? It's the first twenty pages and the second twenty pages, and you could say, you know, part mm-hmm. one is everything up until they escape, and everything else on the fan, on the the Master Forge is another issue. Um, and when I was writing it, I was like, oh man, this first half is kind of boring compared to the second half. What, how, how do we how do we juice this up? <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally, just juice up the Tanga. And just, <laughs> In in this script, he was called Tanga Brawler. Uh, after that, and, and before that, he was called Tanga Priest. Okay, okay, because yeah, I mean, he goes like full on, <laughs> like just completely ripped and and juiced. And it's like, whoa, what what happened? And you know, sometimes the in, in the show, the the Tangas were kind of a joke, and um, that's actually one of the things I appreciated when uh, Phantom Ranger just went boo and then like <laughs> knocks their heads together, and they got those like cartoony X's on their face. So it's like balancing the humor from the show with, um, you know, something as terrifying as this brawler. Yeah, there's one panel that Simone drew that makes me laugh every time I see it. It's at the end of one of the pages. And it's I think it's the page right before the the boo joke, um, where it's just a Tanga's face looking surprised and like a question mark (laughs) over his head. And like that is the that's the only point in this book where I feel like the tangas are the tangas from the show, and yeah. I wanted to I wanted to make sure that they were represented properly. Um, but no, one of the goals was to make the tangas a little more fierce and and add some yeah. layers there. You know, maybe they have a religion. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> These ones do. Yeah, yeah, it definitely feels like you know there's some kind of weird sect uh, that. Uh, follows dark specter and uh, you know it's kind of creepy they're you know doing the pentagram and they've got the uh, electricity and all that stuff going so you know particularly with with this comic i and something in power rangers like i always love that mix of sci-fi but also the mystical i mean there's even reference to mystic force in here with uh with the mystic mother and um, Fiena seeing that vision of, of Rita in the future. And that was completely surprising to me too. That's, that's my favorite page in the whole book. Like that it's, 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 it's a big info dump. If you think about it, you just mm-hmm. get all that backstory. But what, what I love about it is Fiena and Eldon both see something different and they both see what Rita could will, will become, but they mm-hmm. think that they're right. And they're both right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not an either, or it's a both. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that. And I also love the, the, the way Simone drew the bottom with, with Eldon looking across to, to master vile with dark specters, kind of Cheshire cat face hanging out in the background. Yeah. And, and it shows, it shows that like balance on, on either side. It's, it, it's just an amazing page. That's, that's some great artwork. Yeah, I, I don't know, like, like, who knows if I'll ever get the right more Power Rangers. I, I had a great experience. I think Boom had a, a great time working with me. But you, you, you got to wait for the opportunities, right? Ryan's right in the book. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, that's his baby. Um, but God willing, someday, I, I just have this story in mind for 
phantom ranger mystic mother like kind of just like bringing it full circle like where, where they oh, team up okay or and like and mystic mother saves phantom ranger you just kind of like flip it i, I don't know i'm just kind of talking right now but. oh sure sure <laughs> but but no it's uh that's god it's such a great story and thank you yeah yeah absolutely you know, just everything you talked about of, of it being additive and just building that lore. I really liked the setup that this can take Phantom Ranger in any direction. And technically is kind of like the first time we've, we've heard Master Vile mentioned in the past, but this is the first time that we've seen him fully in the comic before the timeline of the show. So did you do anything different to like, maybe add more to his character in this? So, I mean, I, I obviously I created his, his not human form because they're some right. race of aliens, but his, his original personage um, and, and built up that story uh, and, and kind of created this, Cthulhu Eldritch Gods kind of take for for mm-hmm. uh Dark Spectre kind of speaking from beyond the grid to to influence people. Um but uh honestly like my my goal with him especially since he's on screen just for a couple pages it was to to make him like truly heinous like make mm-hmm. him like I don't, I don't know if I can swear but like the biggest Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. could, like like this per- <laughs> this person who's like ready to throw his own daughter to the wolves. Um but also to kind of make him a physical threat, like in the show, um, they use the the Sentai footage from the, the Alien Ranger season. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to try. No, I'm, I know I've watched it. I'm not going to try and pronounce it. It's Kaku Ranger. Yeah. Um, but uh, like, and and that that Zord fight, the Megazord fight, is like it's really stiff. You know, obviously all those old Zord fights are. Um, but I wanted to make him kind of like menacing and mm-hmm. threatening and on a physical level, um, and also like take advantage of the fact that he uses magic. Um, but I'm honestly one of the the worst people to to write action. Like Simone sent me a note and he was like, "Oh man, this this script, the action is so great. I'm so excited to draw." And I'm like, "Dude, I have no idea what we're talking about." <laughs> um, but but to to figure out how to Mm-hmm. do a fight between phantom ranger and and master vile i busted out my heroes of the grid board game and i took out the cards for both characters and just kind of laid them out and was like okay this is nice. what they do nice. um, but and, and you know th- that whole scene at the end um mm-hmm. there was there was a ton of dialogue there and we realized uh we have that great moment where where phantom ranger steps into the the grid battery with, yeah. with rita to, to just to be there for her um and and like the, the edits I was talking about making like late in the game or that story mm-hmm. he tells her, we wrote that like a oh. week before. Um, so we cut all the dialogue, made it a silent fight and, and added that story. And it just, it seemed like it really balanced the, the whole thing. Everyone tells a story. Um, and, and it, he kind of, he returns her the favor from when she like kind of brings him back from, from beyond mm-hmm. the grid when he's dying on the ship earlier. It's a great moment. And when, Phantom Ranger is is knocked out. Um, we see Rita's young Rita's revelation that um, her father is actually Master Vile, this crazy demon guy that we've been seeing chase her through throughout you know their time. Like as Fianna says, all she knows is that you know she's been on the run this entire time, but despite that, she has that hope and. I think, you know, that hope is 
eventually what comes out when she's older and fulfills that vision that, that Fiona saw when she becomes mystic mother. Yeah. And, and what I love about that moment is like, there, there was, there's this panel of, of Rita right after master vile, like is revealed to her. And he says, you know, shut up, you mewling brat or something mm-hmm. to that effect. And, and it's a quiet panel and yeah. there's no dialogue. And it's, it, you can see the, like the hope leave her eyes. Like, Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, that's like, that's the moment she begins that journey to becoming, you know, the empress of evil. Um, but, but there's like, I've got this headcanon about Rita about like why she is at earth and like why she doesn't want to let go of earth. And it, it's just because it's, it's a hopeful place. Like, right. like, you know, she's, she's supposed to be this, this awful person, but Ryan spent so much time in go-go developing her family goldar and babu and squat and like Mm -hmm. showing that like if she's so evil why does she give them chance after chance after chance after chance when they screw up it's because she's still got that good in her but the balance is just tipped the other way after that moment absolutely and that kind of wraps up the book. We see Master Vile's ship take off and explode this master forge and there's a great panel or sequence of panels in that spread where you see the Phantom Ranger kind of floating and you see that his red ruby kind of like either light up or, or recharge uh, himself. And I, I thought that was another um, great moment that rounds out that uh, additional story that you were talking about. That sequence was probably the hardest one. Like I, I knew what those two pages looked like, and that's one of the ones that Simone uh, decided was going to be a two-page spread, and he mm-hmm. was absolutely right. Um, but communicating what I wanted to, to happen in there and the transition back to the present that happens sort of at the end of that page um, was probably like the kind of hard... I, Simone is a, a first... His first language is, is Italian. Um, mm-hmm. So it's there, sometimes things weren't always clear going back and forth. Um, but when we, when we got it and we got that sequence um, and then the, the story that he's telling that kind of like bleeds over after the action about, you know, uh, Rita leading or not Rita, but the, the little girl in the story leading the the hero back to the light. Yeah. You know, and then his light literally coming on, like, it was just like a little chef's kiss moment. Cause it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> a little yeah. serendipity. Um, yeah, no, that, that sequence is great. Um, and obviously, yeah, we couldn't let him die because we just set him yeah. up for all these stories. <laughs> so you had to hit the hit the little power button on the back of him and turn him back on. Oh, it, it was great. And then that kind of ends the book because you know we get that that last panel of that spread greatly outlined in red to kind of pop it out. And then it says now, and then you see him talking to Zordon and. Oh, it's not the Imperial Zordon. It's you know they're here. Dark Specter has has crossed over, and uh, just just kind of a chilling moment because you see uh, that same pentagram that whatever ritual they used uh, was was able to bring Dark Specter back. Yeah. So we 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 left that open ended. So like, do yeah. not take what I'm about to say as like canon oh, sure. or 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 be explicit. But my thought was if somebody one day wanted to connect those dots. You know, at the end of Heir to Darkness, we see M, who I think a lot of people have figured out is supposed to be young Malagor, yeah. um, taken off for a special mission, right? Air quotes, special mission. Maybe that's where they took him. Yeah. I mean, it, it all kind of lines up with the timeline and, oh man. Yeah. Now that you said that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 100% not what we were trying to say explicitly, but I think that that is certainly a way to look at it. Um, And, and like I was saying earlier, like one issue of a comic is not the whole story. Theoretically, the story will never end, right? As long as the comics keep coming up. So I wouldn't take air to darkness or edge of darkness or any issue of gogo or, or mighty morphin as gospel or the end all and be all um like everyone's always saying well you're, you're retconning things you're changing things the, the second you write panel one on page one of any book you start the, the process of retconning things right? <laughs> right like if you look at gi joe which i believe has been written by the same guy for almost 30 years like what happened in the first issue is not exactly the the story that is happening in issue 287 right mm-hmm. um so, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my little, my little headcanon for how the two books line up, especially since like they, they're under the same moniker. I want them to line up a little bit. Right. Overall, I think it's a great addition and to the comic universe and, and also to the show, because like you said, it, it gives that little bit of context and, and backstory, but it, it's still enough runway, like you said, to bring in more lore and, and more backstory because I mean, now we know he's got at least 10,000 years of, of history going on, and that's yeah. uh, that's a long time. He's he's also a pretty broken guy when we meet him in Edge of Darkness, so yeah, know, kind of begs the question, how did he get to be so kind of, I don't want to say edgy, but, you know, kind of, you know, what happened to him to make him a loner and, and you know, that he had to go through this little arc of learning people again. Exactly. And I know, I know what the answer might be. <laughs> I haven't been asked to write that book yet. Okay. Well, is there, is there anything else about this issue that maybe any like little tidbits that we didn't cover or anything that you would want readers to know after they've read this issue? Uh, yeah, I think there's a couple things. First and foremost, I hope everyone walks away from this recognizing what a bad Fianna is. Um, we, we got very little Fianna um, mm-hmm. and like, as a fan, I'm grateful that there's there's more panels with her face on him. Um, but it like I think that I was just because I had 40 pages, I was able to 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 just really kind of define the character in a way that Ryan wasn't able to not not that he couldn't, but because he didn't have the the canvas to work with. Just right. you know, she um, but she's she's a capable, strong, smart woman, and 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 I fucking love that. Um, but uh, I also I want to call attention to there's there's this moment where they're they're trying to charge Rita up with the grid battery and it's yes. not enough and 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 Fianna has to make the hard parent decision of hurting her child on purpose for for the better good mm. and amping up the battery um, and the way Simone drew it it's it's a panel of her face but it's bisected by a panel of her hand yeah. turning the knob um, and then the dialogue from one panel to the next like it's just I think. Even more so than than the, the the Rita moment where she realizes Master Vile is her father, this is the heartbreaking emotional mm. core of the book. Um, and then just if you go back and read some of the dialogue, like it, it's it's kind of ironic because Fiona spends half this issue trying to be tell Su- Phantom Ranger like don't be suicidal, like you, you have value. Uh, and then like if you read the dialogue, we definitely set it up in such a way that it can be read that Fianna went into all this knowing that she was going to die and that it was worth mm-hmm. it. So like there's there's definitely like some some ethical hypocritical stuff going on there that's really really interesting to dig into, but gives lots of layers to the character. Um, the other thing that we didn't touch on that I think is absolutely wonderful, but I'm biased, uh, is <laughs> uh, is is Phantom Ranger's robot. Like oh my a, god. 
What yeah. a sa- <laughs> just so sassy. And uh, I loved how it was written because I mean, in Power Rangers, we've had so many different kinds of, of robots, not only Alpha, uh, but we've got Z for the Omega Rangers. And um, I don't even know, does does he have a name? I don't I don't remember if um, this robot had no. a name. In the script, they were just called AI. Oh, okay. which is which isn't even an accurate description because it's got a body. Yeah, um, <laughs> but um, but a, a I love the design. It's super androgynous. It's like I, one yeah. one version someone I turned in as as a potential was, looked a lot like Cortana, oh, and I was okay. like, nah, no, nah, that's too sexy for a robot. Like I, I I like a good sexy robot every once in a while, but like let's make this like look like a like a robot. Uh, and then he turned in that version and had like pink and blue variations of it i was like now let's make it orange there's not enough orange in power ranger uh, <laughs> and then uh but like the, the just the like i love the way the robot talks just kind of like in like statements about what the statement's gonna be like you know like oh yeah i'm stating my emotion here's a fact and <laughs> and, and that's this robot character he's just like warning blah 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 <laughs> or like correction or uh i yeah. posit this or you know it's just like posit yeah it's awesome the, the, the big influence for it was uh, the robot from Rogue, Rogue One. Oh, yeah. Not the speech patterns, but like I was channeling that like almost the sassy. dry sarcasm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think the robot doesn't get a lot of screen time, but just just a great little gem. Um, and I do hope that that robot gets to remain Phantom Ranger's partner moving forward. I, I like the design of the ship too. his his ship. That was uh, it, it's great. Like. I'm glad that, you know, you really leaned into the the sci-fi elements of the story because I think it really pulls everything together just because of Phantom Ranger's look and just kind of that world with, with the Master Forge. And like I said before, you know, Power Rangers is always filled with, you know, technology, but also magic. And um, seeing them both together in, in this comic is really, really cool. Yeah, that was that was one of the things I was like really adamant about. And I don't know if I ever said it to Daphna, but like in, in, I always say that, you know, Star Wars is great. It's it's nine movies and a bunch of extent spend or even 10, 12 movies, I guess, at this point, 11 movies, however many movies, but like nine core movies and and a whole bunch of expanded universe stuff. But the, the core of it, those nine movies, like they really don't dig into what it all is. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the the, the most in-depth explanation you get is the metachlorians in episode one and people don't even like that so it's right. like you know so i was but i always tell people like your know, power rangers it's been, it's been running for 30 years and you know it doesn't always all make sense and it doesn't always all line up because it's been made over 30 years by hundreds of different people all across the world but like it it's it's got mysticism it's got it's got sci-fi it's got action it's got superheroes like i mean this this is truly a, a great piece of fiction a great little yeah. universe and and the 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 grid like we were talking about it's it's very much like the force you know yep. some interpretations of it in some seasons is that it might even be a little bit sentient like sometimes mm-hmm. it sends sends things you know um but uh i don't i just i love it and, and i really wanted to do a little bit with that kind of mystical side because you know just because rita's a witch i figured her mom should be like a science witch mm-hmm. um and then and then it kind of evolved from there um 
but I, I love that. Like, I think that's, that's great. I keep saying that and I wrote the thing. So it sounds really arrogant, but I, I don't <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that you're proud of it. Cause I think I, I do think it's a great book and I think this is, you know, an amazing piece of the lore and, you know, I, I get it. Some fans might be that disappointed where it's like, you know, they built it up in their head. Like, you know, why isn't this an origin story? And, but I mean, we've learned more about Phantom Ranger in this uh, issue than anything that was in, in the show. Yeah. And, and you know what? Like, I, I'm not going to knock people who oh, sure. have ide- ideas of how it should have been. Like I did too. Uh, I just did all the hard work to be able to be in a position to, to make those decisions. So suck it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, um, but, but really like, I mean, I, I get it. Like I remember watching yeah. game of Thrones and like, I, as a writer, like I don't, get into fan theories like i just know how dangerous they can be and how attached you can get but like i i definitely knew mm-hmm. like that i wanted game of thrones to go a certain way so like i get it I, I i do hope that if those people are listening and they read it and they're like eh, this isn't what i want to be be open to the idea that just because it isn't exactly what you want it doesn't mean it can't be good right like right. allow yourself allow yourself to be surprised allow yourself to be made happy by something that isn't a hundred percent the thing you're looking for. Cause honestly, that that's, that's going to be most of life anyway. Like no, no, you're never, when you're looking for a house, you're never going to find a house that hits a hundred percent of the boxes, right? Exactly. You'll find one that hits eight, but if it makes you feel good, it's, it's the right house. I don't know. That's a bad metaphor. Maybe I'm not a great writer, <laughs> um, but I, I'll also say like, don't judge this just by this. It's not the right. end of Phantom Ranger story, right? We didn't kill him off. There's obviously a lot of story before everything we thought we knew, and there's plenty of room to tell stories beyond that. Um, like we've we've created a character that can live for thousands of years, so mm-hmm. he can have lots and lots of stories. And and honestly, like because I'm I like to have things organized and I like to make sense of things, I do have some thoughts on how it can still work out to be some of those those fan theories. And this, like, you know, mm. if, if, this, if, if I'm the person who writes those stories and they ever go that far, like, you know, don't, don't lose hope. It could still be Billy, I guess. <laughs> uh, m- maybe who knows? <laughs> yeah. I, I'll go on a limb here and say right now that I hope it is never Billy just cause like I said earlier, like that's, yeah, that's, that's like a bow on a, on a box. Like that's, that's like a neat little package. It's not like from a storytelling point of view, it's just, it doesn't give you anything to work with after you take off that helmet and, or before it, right? Like, you know, yeah. Billy's whole story, unless you make it like Billy from the future. And then he's got like a gap that you can fill in or something. So may, maybe it could be Billy, but <laughs> yeah, I'm super glad like you and a handful of other people who are prominent in, in the Ranger verse, mm-hmm. you know, other reviewers and other podcasters have had a chance to read this. And, and, you know, the reaction has been overwhelmingly positive, which you know, nice. gives me, gives me hope that I I'll, I've done my job well enough that most people will be at least satisfied with the story. You know, that's, yeah. that's the best you can do. It's the best you can do. You can't make everyone happy. And but actually I could make everyone happy if he, there were like 50 Phantom Rangers and they could each just be, be one of the, one of the one, th- one, fan theories. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's like, he's like multiple man, but I don't know. Let, let me think on that for a bit. Uh, sure. So I wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. And I can tell uh, how much of a fan you are. You've been so active in just, you know, every part of, uh, Ranger Nation and and on Twitter. So I, I'm glad that you've come into this with some great energy. 
for people that, you know, maybe haven't seen some of your other work or want to know more, do you have um, anything coming up or any new works that you can announce? How can people maybe uh, see you at any upcoming appearances? Sure. I can answer all of those questions. Um, <laughs> so just uh, in terms of like my published work, you mentioned a lot of it at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. my, my first book was a book called Grief. It's a short story collection. Uh, it's it's horror and sci-fi short stories that are built around the five stages of the grieving process. Uh, it's, it's a lot of little intimate emotional stories with like little good twists. Um, it's, it's, it's solid. It, it got me a Ringo nomination uh, a few years back. Uh, we didn't win, which is fine, but um, I, I think that, you know, people generally like that book. It's on its second printing uh, that's out there. Uh, my follow-up to that was a book called dead end kids, which I think is the book that really kind of got me on the map. I know that it is at least part of why I got the Rangers gig. I know Daphne nice. read that and liked it. Um, so, so that's out there. That's a, a, a late nineties murder mystery kind of, Stand by Me meets the Hardy Boys, but a little darker, a little more violent. Um, sort of a, again, kind of an intimate story, coming of age. Uh, if you like Stranger Things without monsters, it's definitely definitely good uh, for you in that in that respect. Uh, the follow up to that was um, a book called No Heroin, which was kind of my take on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. Uh, it's not a, it's not like a Buffy ripoff, but it is definitely about a young woman who is a monster hunter, but she is also a recovering heroin addict and is kind of using monster hunting as a way to, to make up for all the things she's done um, mm-hmm. over the years when she was, when she was using and, and kind of the, the story of, of, of how she try to make, tries to make amends with her family and, and only makes it worse. Um, I, that's probably my favorite thing I've ever written. Um, so, and it's probably the most comic booky because it's got monsters and, and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Um, so that that's that's out. Uh, I did a, a second volume of Dead and Kids that came out earlier this year called Dead and Kids: The Suburban Job. Uh, it's a new cast of kids, sort of a true detective take on it. It's uh, a handful of kids who are the survivors slash loved ones of people who died on or because nine eleven, um, mm. and it's it's the story of uh, kind of uh, friends who who fallen out over the years coming back together because they get caught up in this this bag of money heist plot. Uh, but like with a, a suburban small scale twist um, that came out earlier this year, it was really well received. Um, and uh, the collected edition of that releases the same day as uh, Edge of Darkness. So next or today, I guess, uh, for this recording, next Wednesday for us. And then beyond that, I have a book that just got announced called Unborn. Uh, that starts soliciting on July 1st. Uh, so nice. you'll be able to pre-, pre, you could probably pre-order it when you go in to pick up your copy of Edge of Darkness. Um, and it'll solicit through July and uh, the, the FOC will probably be the first week of September. Um, but it is, uh, it's actually, so before I got the Power Rangers gig, I had that attitude that, you know, who knows if I ever will, um, mm-hmm. which was the same attitude I had about Buffy. And that's why I wrote No Heroin. I was like, this will be my Buffy. Um, so Unborn was kind of my power rangers uh, not really but yes uh the, the nugget of the idea that i got was what if the xenomorph from alien got loose in the power rangers megazord right like kind of ridiculous <laughs> this, this this san diego comic-con fugue state idea that stuck with me uh the story has obviously changed a whole bunch since then uh and it it's become this story about um five sort of deep space miners uh encountering an alien species uh in a similar fashion to the movie alien um but these these miners are also sort of very power rangers-esque in that they have 
these kind of color coded masks, uh, not color coded astronaut suits, and and they've got weapons mm. and they fight, and they fight monsters. Um, at at the core of it, really, it's a story about um a woman who is pregnant and doesn't believe she's equipped to be a mother, and kind of like that journey, mm. um, like going through this this whole experience, kind of takes her on a, a journey about that. Um, while all her crew is getting killed around her, and she kind of goes a little crazy for revenge against these aliens. So there's there's a lot going on there. Um. That'll run for four issues. It'll start releasing in September and you can pre-order it like as of this recording. Uh, so that's, that's like the, the, you know, publishing side of things in terms of um, signings. If you happen to live in LA and you hear this before the morning, uh, it, it, I'll, I'll be signing uh, at, uh, oh God, where I'll be signing at Brave New World in Santa Clarita, just outside of LA, uh, the morning of release day for Edge of Darkness. Uh, that evening, I'll be in Pasadena at Collector's Paradise signing from five to eight. And then in probably more realistic, uh, on the Saturday, July 3rd, I'll be at uh golden apple comics in hollywood signing for a few hours in the morning and then at the comic bug in manhattan beach uh, la from four to seven that evening and then my my first con for the year uh is uh, megacon in orlando uh that's like the middle of august i think it's the the 12th to the 15th or, or some, yeah. somewhere in that range and then after that i'll be at rose city in september i'll be at new york comic-con in october I will be at Baltimore Comic-Con in October, and then in December, I will be at Emerald City Comic-Con in Seattle and C2E2 in Chicago. Uh, so it's a, a long year ahead of me. It's just, <laughs> it's just getting started. Nice. Well, um, hey, C2E2, that's my uh, home convention, so uh, maybe I'll get to see you there. That'd, that'd be really cool to, to meet up. Yeah, and I, I think by then we'll have something new to talk about. Okay, sounds good. What, whatever that means. Whatever that means. <laughs> well, well, Frank, thank you so much for uh, joining the podcast today. It's been an absolute uh, blast. So, thank you so much. Thank, thank you for having me. This is this is great. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to, to you know, use your platform. Everyone always thanks me for coming on their show, but you guys are doing all the hard work and giving me, you know, the stage to stand on to talk to your listeners. So, I, I appreciate that. Um, I obviously I, I love Power Rangers and I'm a big big part of the fan base. Like mm-hmm. I all, all those places where I've been talking up Edge of Darkness were were Facebook groups and 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 message boards that I belong to already anyway. Um it's like this has just given me something to talk about. Um so it's 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 been really cool to to be a part of this and and, and I'm excited for the future of all, all Power Rangers things. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Frank. Yeah, thank you. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at RangerCommandPH. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at Ranger Command Power Hour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks by pledging you are helping us make our show even better go to patreon.com slash ranger command ph to learn more thanks for listening